unless we can understand what's really going on, we can identify the problem at its core or at the root, then we can't make significant changes. We can't help people shift their habits. And what happens in the end is you fall short because you weren't actually looking at the the core of the issue. busy health conscious mom, well then you're in the right place. Welcome to the It Starts With Dinner podcast. We're your hosts, Carly Knowles and Carmen Shaw, your dietitian and nutritionist team, two crazy busy moms and wholehearted home cooks on a mission to elevate women one meal at a time. So grab yourself a tasty snack and get ready to be inspired and motivated because inside we'll share everything we know about holistic nutrition, healthy eating, time-saving cooking techniques, practical meal prep strategies, and the unseen mental load of being a high-achieving woman and mother. Whoop, we got a lot to cover in a little time. Are you in? Let's do this. Welcome back. Today's episode is all about energy. We all know what it feels like to have no energy. Oof, ain't that true? (laughs) You may be thinking, oh, I didn't sleep great last night. Now I have no energy. Or it's the end of the weekend and we've been with our kids the entire time, or maybe even at the end of winter break. (laughs) And the mental fatigue, the stamina is in the tank. Our patients are six feet under. Yeah, six (laughs) feet under. We're not in the flow in the way that we would love to be in the flow. Or we show up five o'clock, it's the end of a busy work day, we open up our fridge and we have no plan for dinner. Well, that one gets me every time. Yes, those are some of the more obvious ways that we can lose our energy or feel depleted, right? Some of the stuff that we're up against every day. But there's also some more subtle signs or just ways of looking at energy that are different or less obvious, like I said, subtle. And we wanted to talk about those today because what we find working with our clients as a dietitian and nutritionist team is that unless we can understand what's really going on, we can identify the problem at its core or at the root, then we can't make significant changes. We can't help people shift their habits. And what happens in the end is you fall short because you weren't actually looking at the the core of the issue. So today we want to talk about some of the ways that we typically as moms and as women in midlife can feel drained of energy from a mindset point of view, like things that are the brain drain, right? Things that drain our physical energy and some you might not actually be familiar with. And and that's exciting because we want to shed some light on some of those areas and that physical space. And then also in an area that we call systems, which is another word for rhythm of the day. It's like the things that we do or don't do that we put into place or don't put into place that can help preserve our energy. Or when we don't have it available, like meal planning, for example, it can drain our energy. So let's go through a list, Carm. Let's let's talk about all the things that we run into day-to-day, week-to-week as moms in midlife. Let's do it. Let's start with mindset. Well, I know for me, one of the biggest strains is 
I'm just going to throw a number out there. And I think it's actually a lot more than this. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to say like 76 balls in the air <laughs> at one time. Oh yeah. Really that unseen mental load of juggling and managing everything for my family. Right. It's a lot. I was sitting in front of my kid's dresser. So I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And I was sitting on the floor like I do maybe once a month, every other month. And I was going through their clothes. And I was looking at all the clothes that currently fit them, the clothes that don't fit them anymore, the clothes that I should probably put away because it's too far from fitting them in the near future. Or maybe it's the wrong season when it will fit them. And oh my God, I was like on this ride. And it was just so simple. It was like the small thing, like, sure, yeah, it's just clothes. But it it's one of those 76 balls that you have in the air, right? And do I want to keep these clothes? Am I going to donate these clothes? Am I going to give these to that friend? And it's making the piles and it's packing the bags and it's deciding which ones to put in it, which one's not. And it's, they're small, but they are part of our energy story. What else is on that list? People pleasing. (laughs) Hello. Oh, I don't know about that as a mom. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh (laughs) The tendency. To please everyone else first before we circle back around to ourselves. And then perhaps the sort of hidden and unspoken resentment that can occur when we don't have healthy boundaries or we're not choosing to use those healthy boundaries. Yeah, with family members, with friends, with various people. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. You know, another one is the people pleasing is just as women like saying sorry all the time. Thank you. You know, it's like I say sorry. I've, I've really done a, a better job in the last few years changing that. Even this morning, we have a contractor in our house right now doing some work on our home. And I started writing a text and it started with sorry. And I was like, the heck am I sorry? <laughs> so I deleted it. But yes, another source of a brain drain there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And when our energy is low, I think we have a a tendency to worry even more, like oh, that yeah. worry energy, that constant hum mm. of being a mom, yeah. you know, and worrying about our kiddos and am I doing right by them? Mm. Absolutely. The fear, the worry, it's that mama bear energy. Absolutely. But it's real. Like the worry is real, right? And it's part of that hamster wheel brain that moms experience. And it's really normal and it's really natural. And it's a part of our energy story. You also said something in there that sparked a little bit of a conversation around confidence. And when we doubt ourselves or we lack confidence or we, you know, how many times can a mom compare herself to another mom or another family? And how far do you go with it before it starts to become an energy leap? There's some really great wisdom we can glean from other families and how they do things and other moms. And then it can quickly turn into a comparison game. And the self-doubt and the lack of confidence can really pull you out of being present and can really drain your energy. So as we go through this list, when you hear these things, if you can relate, just know that, A, we get it. And when you're here on our podcast, we want you to feel seen and heard. Like we don't need to cover the important stuff or to fluff it up just so it looks pretty. This is a part of the healing process. We name the things that are a little uncomfortable. We own them together. 
Because only in that ownership space can we have a sustainable outcome. What else could drain our our mental energy? Oh, I have a good one. I had twins at 43. So I amazing. It was amazing. And it took a lot out of me. Yeah. So yeah, actually, here's here's my version of that of having babies when I was beginning a perimenopause journey. And so therefore it was all a big cloudy blur. (laughs) (laughs) On top of a cloudy blur. (laughs) On top of a cloudy blur. (laughs) So being in that space, even beginning to tease apart where the energy leaks were, that was another story. But the one that I am thinking about right now is the one that most of my girlfriends are experiencing right now, which is they are in late stages of perimenopause, possibly even transition to being postmenopausal while their daughters have raging hormones. (laughs) So it's like, wow, nature. Uh That was an interesting one. You're in your late 40s or your early 50s and your hormones are crashing. Correct. While your children's hormones are skyrocketing. Yeah. Doesn't that seem like quite the conundrum? Yeah. There's a lot of life in that house. Yeah. What else is on that list? Mm. How about having to ask your partner to do things? (laughs) And the first thing coming out of my mind is... I don't want to make a list for you. You make the list. Yeah, that's a good. Don't one. ask me to make the list. I want you to take the initiative and make the list. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's a very familiar honey list. Funny to do list. Yeah. Oh, in subsequent episodes, we're going to unpack that one. And we have a little note here that following that one, another energy drain is the patriarchy. <laughs> and that's a very real also subsequent episode because being a woman period is a a huge honor and also just by existing merely as who we are in the world can be an energy drain because of the conditioning and the environment in which we are accepted or not so yeah yeah okay more to come on that more to come on that we move into our physical body yeah Why don't you start us off? How are typical ways or maybe some more subtle ways that we lose energy when it comes to the physical body? Well, on the daily, if we're talking about food and nourishment, I think a really big one is when we just don't eat enough or we wait too long in between our meals or even skipping meals. It does impact our energy reserves because the food is literally giving us energy. Seriously, the one we hear the most in our practice is women wait many hours before eating their first bite of food for the day because fill in the blank. The kids took your attention or you had to get to work early or you weren't hungry or, or, or. And you might not have your first bite of food until after a cup of coffee or two at like 10 or 11. And that can really set you up for having low energy throughout the day. It's one of the telltale signs when someone has that afternoon crash. We look back 
what have you done prior to that in your day? And we'll find a lot of women will be skipping or delaying that breakfast meal. And it really wreaks havoc on your energy. It really does. I think the next really big one is what we eat. And this is so much about what we love here is eating a very diet, a rainbow diet, one that is full of a variety of nutrients. Mm -hmm. The more that we can do that, the more access we have energy because it's so many beautiful, varied micronutrients, vitamins and minerals that we can bring into our diet. Yes. And macronutrients, you know, we're just sticking on the breakfast game here. A lot of people start their day off with carbs, like a plate of pancakes or a bowl of cereal or a bowl of oatmeal. And while there is value in all of those, there's not a lot of fat and there's not a lot of protein. And we know carbs are the quick burning energy and protein and fat are the longer forms of energy, meaning you will blow through your energy source more quickly when you have a carb only or a really carb heavy breakfast. And you'll set yourself up for feeling that high burst of energy and then the low crash. Whereas if you mix it with some fiber, some fat, some protein, you're going to have a more sustained longer burning energy that gets you through to your next meal or your next snack. So I love that one. Mm -hmm. Now, what about, what about working out? Oh yeah. Let's talk a little bit about how we exercise and what we do before and after with our energy. I mean, it's also something very common to hear in our practice where women will wake up and do their workout in the morning. First thing, And I get it, right? If you don't catch it in the morning, sometimes it (laughs) flies on out the door and it may never happen. Yeah. And perhaps at 6 a.m. or a 5 a.m. We have a client who would wake up at 5 a.m., which is great. That is so not my story. (laughs) However, whatever it is, you may not have hunger that early. You may still be waking up. Or again, you're just like ready to start your day and jump in the gym or get in your car to drive somewhere for a workout and you don't eat. And then you go and you burn through a bunch of energy and then you come home and then you eat. You're really setting yourself up for again, trying to catch up, like to meet your body's needs versus someone who will pre-fuel before their workout and also post-workout. There's a lot that we can do to support ourselves physically when we're moving our body. And it's something we hear a lot with people who get injuries as well, is that they're not giving themselves adequate rest and recovery in the way of nutrition. So that's definitely something that can burn your energy. You know, you talked, Carmen, a little bit about hormone changes. Uh, In perimenopause, of course, significant hormone changes. And just in midlife in general, As we age into our 40s and beyond, so mostly our 40s and 50s is what we're talking about with midlife, a lot of physiological changes are happening just at baseline. For example, your thyroid. A lot of women will have thyroid changes. So your thyroid, especially when hypo or lower levels of thyroid hormones, you can feel significant fatigue. You know, and on that note, iron is another one especially for women who are still bleeding, you know, they're more susceptible to having lower iron stores, or perhaps you're eating a plant-based diet or a full-on vegan diet, for example. 
you just want to be conscious and careful that you're getting enough iron because without enough iron, you can have really low energy. Some of the most exhausted women I've ever met are iron deficient and also moms. <laughs> I'm not sure which one we're going to credit there, but I definitely think iron is significant. And, and while we're at it, other vitamins and minerals to consider for relating back to physiological energy would be vitamin B6, vitamin B12, and one of my favorite vitamins, vitamin D. So this one's really interesting about B12. So as we age, just naturally, everyone, men and women, actually, especially into our 50s, we actually produce less stomach acid and digestive enzymes naturally. Epislein. Again, this is just something that happens as we age. Aging is not for sissies, as my anatomy and physiology professor would say. Now I absolutely get it. But when we have less stomach acid and less digestive enzymes, we can't absorb our food as well, but specifically vitamin B12. So there's some practitioners out there that will say after turning 50, you should just be on a B12 supplement daily. Either way, you should definitely be focusing on a diet rich in B12, which often comes from animal proteins specifically, and then also again, consider supplementing with a B12 supplement. So those are some other ones. What else would, would come to mind, Carm? Stress, chronic stress. I think we really underestimate what that does to our energy, right? Totally. So whether it's trauma-based or we've over-exercised, we're undernourishing, skipping meals, those, all of those create stress on our body. And what we know about stress, we know specifically that it depletes our mineral stores mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. one, right? So our potassium, our magnesium, our calcium, our sodium, those are the big four minerals. They're like spark plugs in the body and, <laughs> and they're involved in like over 3000 interactions that happen in our body. And stress knocks them down. But it's really cool because there's a lot that we can do with food. Totally. To bring those mineral levels back up. It's really exciting. You know, when we think of stress, we really think about stress outside of the body that impacts our mental health, you know, like a really taxing job or conflict in a marriage, for example, or your kids needing some extra support, like those are sources of stress and they really are. But over time, when that type of stress is chronic and it's not dealt with or we can't move through it or we're not finding resolution, when we are facing that type of fight or flight or that significant elevation of stress in our life, it actually has a physical imprint in our body. So it, it transforms from that mental load into the physical space where we're actually causing negative effects on our health from chronic stress. It's one of those things I see in my own life, but definitely in our clients' lives. You know, you have that kind of racy heart, fight or flight 
kind of frantic way of being throughout the day to get everything done because holy smokes, our to-do list is so long. And we go months like that, right? And then a year goes by and then another year. And you can hear yourself saying, well, I'm going to change how I approach that or I'm going to start that yoga, you know, every morning. But maybe something else gets in the way and you don't. And years can go by. God, can years go by so quickly, especially with kids? Mm -hmm. And you haven't addressed what used to be a simple or simpler a form of stress. And now it has imprinted so heavily. Your sleep's disrupted. Your hunger's gone. You are irritable. You're angry. That's pretty remarkable how fast we've seen it. It goes from something, you know, that we could have managed then. And it kind of like rolls down the hill and turns into something bigger. So that's a big one we want to bring attention to that our mindset can actually imprint on our physical body. I love connecting those two because I think all three of these categories that we like to bucket our energy into so that we can really pinpoint where these leaks are and where we can take action differently. All three of these, I mean, it really speaks to the holism of who we are as women and they overlap and they're intertwined. And it can be challenging to tease what came first and where the root is. And it gets a little convoluted, but we can start today and we can identify one thing to make changes. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to get to that because I think that that's a really exciting takeaway. But how about we move into the third bucket? Yeah, let's move into the third bucket. So rhythm or systems or the lack thereof in our life that, you know, would be a great tool to support us, but sometimes they don't make it onto the list. So why don't we start with the one we love to bring up here on It Starts With Dinner podcast. <laughs> Which is showing up to dinner without a plan. Uh, Marvin mentioned it earlier and and it's just real, right? Like it happens to all of us, whether you're a planner, a diehard planner or not. But on those days where you open that fridge at five o'clock, I swear it's like a movie. I can like see the woman walking to the fridge and the lights dim and she opens the fridge and it's like, what? I know. And I always have the great hopes that I'm going to magically open it and some fairies gone in there and like created all the things. Oh, man. Then no. Well, you can have that fairy for thousands of dollars a month. That will come and cook your meals back now. For most of us, yeah, that fairy is you, mom. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that can be a real energy drain. Or another one is going to the grocery store and not having a list. Or you get home to make dinner when you do it that way and you forgot the dang broccoli. And it's just, it, it feels like not the most efficient use of your time and thus can drain your energy. Uh-huh. I love that one. Speaking of broccoli, <laughs> we, we love to talk about Radiant Knowing's balanced plate and how to compose a plate. What we want to see more of on our plate and when we arrive to start cooking, if we're not present to how to compose the plate, I really do feel like the tendency is that we end up overloading 
on carbs, for instance, right? You end up composing the plate with that is the base and then the other things top it off. Well, that's the American way, right? That's how we were all taught is that the base of our plate is carbohydrates. And then there's a section of protein and a smaller section of vegetables. And we usually eat it that way too, right? But but yeah, the radiant knowings balance plate kind of flips that upside down, literally. And we make half the plate protein, half the plate vegetables, and then we top it with our healthy source of fats, rich in omega-3s, a serving of carbs. We love whole grains, uh, maybe some fruit or some additional fermented vegetables or some yummy mushrooms. But yeah, it can drain your energy if you don't have that plan. You just grab that bag of chips, for example, or the crackers or the 15-minute rice. And nothing wrong with those things. However, they may not be as nutrient-dense as the protein and the veggies that take more time, more preparation, more forethought to create. Or let's say you did have a plan and you did have the energy, but they didn't turn out. Because maybe that recipe sucked or you know, have never used a crock pot before. You never used a pressure cooker and they just didn't quite work. That drains your energy. That's for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and speaking of recipes, something that I think can be really overwhelming is where you, when you don't know where to go to find your recipes because you've got like your beautiful cookbooks, but oh God, you know, that's too much. <laughs> that's too much. And then where am I going to go online? I mean, the whole process. It's too many choices. As but, soon as you say that, I think of the cheesecake factory. Can you picture that menu? And it's like 20 pages long. I think there's a thousand things on that menu. I don't think that's an overestimation. Like there are yeah. hundreds of choices. And as a mom who's holding those 76 balls, like that is not relaxing. That does not give me energy. That drains me. But yep. you know, we've come up with something kind of fun when we do our meal planning, right? Because on the choices topic, we have come up with themes. Recipe themes. This is one of our tweaks or twists that you can make without full-blown meal planning to help you preserve some of that mental energy when we're speaking to rhythm or systems in your life. Yeah, share it with us. Yeah. Meatless Monday. I think most of you are probably familiar with that concept. We do that one in our household. Now, the day that Anand takes to do dinner is stir Friday. Fun. He loves it. He loves it. And we just, we mix out the proteins, but we always know that Thursday is a stir fry. So think about that. Think about how many Thursdays there are in, in a year. Well, instead of having to figure out something different for all those Thursdays, we have already done the bulk of the work by saying that we know it's going to be a stir fry. So 365 days a year. And now you have to come up with a meal for every single one. I don't want to drag you down too much, ladies, but Carmen and I actually did the math once and it's something like over 19,000 meals you have to prepare for your kids before they're 18. Like, holy moly, that's a lot, okay? So now, if you 
have a recipe theme, you can kind of look at it like you only have to come up with an idea for that meatless Monday or that stir fry Thursday 52 times. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot lot better than 365 times. Yeah. It's just breaking it down into one more smaller actionable step because it's that mental fatigue, that hamster wheel brain. If we can reduce that at all, it could be the thing that really helps you crawl out of that energy leak space. So I love that one. And then let's bring up one more. Great. Because we're big believers in it. And that is meal prepping. So when we don't meal prep, you know, we're really cooking a la minute or in the moment. (laughs) And uh, it can take a lot longer versus going over to your fridge, pulling out your pre-chopped vegetables that you had time to do that prior weekend. And you just throw them right into that stir fry. That could save you many, many minutes, if not Mm -hmm. an hour. It's great. It's really shifted the energy in our household because I didn't do it that way. And as my girls are growing, we have activities after school now. I don't have a full hour every night to cook a meal. And I also want those recipes, those ones that I've picked, and some of them are 45 minutes or an hour. So I'm willing to take 30 minutes on Sunday to look ahead at what I've got in the lineup for the week and chop all the onions for those next three dinners. Like it's just worth it to me because on Sunday I can put on my podcast Mm -hmm. and I can do a little bit of chopping, much more present. It's styled in. Totally. Well, and there's something to say about chopping one onion and then switching over to carrots and then switching over to celery or chopping five onions. Like you're in the onion chopping mode. You become an efficient, well-oiled machine. And that's time blocking, really. We believe in those hacks and meal preps, one of them. We have seen it transform our own lives and we have seen it transform our clients' lives. So why don't we transition now? to something we call the power of three. Simply put, the power of three is the three things that you can do to restore your energy that take you three minutes, three hours, and three days. Because what we want to show you here with this power of three is that you can do something right now in the next three minutes to transform your relationship with your energy to unlock more of it in three minutes. Do you believe us? We're going to show you how. And then we're going to show you how to do it looking at three hours, something a little bit more bite-sized. And then we're going to look at three days. So let's start with the first one. What can we do, Carm, in three minutes that can help us access more energy? We can say our favorite mantra, my peace is my power. My peace is my power. My peace is my power. And I'm not just going to say that at any old time. I'm going to be really strategic when I do it. I like to do it right as I arrive in my kitchen and I'm transitioning the day and I'm going to start cooking the meal. I'm going to take a deep breath. My peace is my power. 
Now, I know you like to do it at a slightly different time. I will say my peace is my power, or I will say just kind of a little pep talk to myself, or we might even say grace at our dinner table right before chowing down. It's that moment to take a pause. It offers a chance to connect with my family. Maybe we talk about what we're grateful for. Um, It's to take a breath and get present before eating. Because I find that, I don't know if you can relate, I will match the speed that everyone at the table eats their meal in. So if I'm with my one friend that I won't name right now, but if I'm with my one friend, OMG, do they eat their food so fast? And when I'm with them, I chow down. I'm so uncomfortable. Maybe I'm worried the food's going to be gone. So that's a really helpful place for me to stop and say a mantra, something as simple as a three-minute break, a pause to get present, get back into my body and say, I'm going to do this my way. How hungry am I? How full am I? Because, you know, mom, sometimes we're snacking as we're cooking. So really showing up to just get into the moment before chowing down on food. That's a really wonderful thing you can access in three minutes. It's that conversation that you're going to hear us have over and over and over again, which is about bringing self-awareness to your body. Because it's in that space where you're more mindful and you can become self-aware that you can recognize habits that aren't serving you or patterns that are defaulted into your day that you want to change so that you can access more energy. So let's go to the next one. What can we do in three hours to access more energy and to feel strong in our body? And in our day, we turn now to blood sugar because literally when you eat something every three to four hours, you can maintain your energy or improve your energy just by eating five almonds or a carrot with hummus or a cracker and cheese combination. So it's making sure you get a little bit of fiber, fat and protein, just no naked carbs, not just a plain cracker. If you pair it with something like fiber, fat, or protein, then it can really help balance that blood sugar. You're eating something every three to four hours. You can really do wonders for improving your energy and feeling like a rock star without that afternoon slump. We actually wore a CGM. Each of us wore a continuous glucose monitor for quite some time, two months, I think. And I'm wearing one You still have one on. I know. I really like it. Yeah. And you can get a prescription often from your GP or your PCP, especially if you're in midlife in your 40s and 50s, because our health risks for developing prediabetes, diabetes, blood sugar dysregulation, insulin resistance is high. It goes up as we're aging into these two decades. If you're someone who likes the data, like it's a really great tool. It's a daily reminder and it could help for others. It might actually drain your energy to be thinking about that all the time. So the takeaway here is that in three hours or less, you could actually support your blood sugar by eating something regularly, especially fiber, fat, and protein. Love it. Love it. All right. So the final three in the power of three 
is something that you can adopt within three days. So this is where our systems bucket shows up because we do recognize that when you are adopting a new system, a new framework, it takes a little time to implement that. So the best way to approach that is to pick something really small and doable. Like we're looking for a great win here around systems and meal prep and cooking. And one of our most favorite things to do, Carly and I, is to bad But seriously, here's something to try on this week if you're up for it. Double the protein. For example, I have this really great sheet pan recipe I always turn to that's broccoli and chicken thighs and sweet potatoes all covered in this yummy za'atar seasoning. Oh, that sounds good. Oh, it's so good. And it's all in one sheet pan. Hello. But I will do a whole other tray of chicken thighs. So I'm literally only doubling the protein. I'm cooking the normal recipe and then adding more protein. And that's called batch cooking. It's the best. You know what I've been doing lately? I have been wanting to really increase the protein in my snacks. So if I'm going to do a salmon, the sheep hands salmon, that's a amazing example. Which would make a great recipe theme. So you have meatless Monday, sheep pan Tuesday, <laughs> stir fry Thursday. <laughs> so now you only have to come up with Wednesday and Friday. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Keep going. Okay. So, back to the salmon. I've been buying it at least a pound and a half when we know that we're going to get through the pound. Or at least laugh. a pound and a half doesn't even get me through one meal at our house. My husband recently ate two pounds of salmon in his dinner meal. I cooked five pounds of salmon. Okay. I, 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 I know. I, I can't even wrap my head around that. I, he's Scandinavian. He's from northern Minnesota. He's very tall. I don't know how to say it any other way. Anyway. Anyways. Anyway, there you are with here your go. pound and a half of salmon. <laughs> yeah. Well, my extra half a pound, I'm baking the whole thing at once, but I've been taking that extra half and I, I do it right as I'm cleaning up because it's just the most efficient way to do it. So then I'm turning that and breaking it down and turning it into this yummy salmon salad that I can have for my snack the next day. And my most favorite thing to do is to put that on the wasa right cracker. And then I am set for this really nutrient-dense, high-protein snack the next day. And high vibe. And a high salmon vibe. salad, yum. Whoop. Right? Like uh -huh. a pea stick doesn't cut it when it has a salmon salad. No. Yeah. Truly. It is up-leveled for sure. Well, you just tell us what's in your salmon salad. Like, let's describe mm -hmm. that a little bit. Sure. Sure. Okay. Well, pickles. Yummy. It's that dill flavor, that tangy acid dill combo with the salmon. Yeah. It's so yummy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'll put mayo in there or olive oil, some capers, maybe some red onion. I can pickle them. Oh, so quickly. It yeah. Me like two minutes to yeah. do that. And I'll throw those in. So I just really look around and squeeze the lemon. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the lemon. Make a pinch of salt. Yeah, because you already bought the lemons because you used them when you made the meal the night before. And, I, you know, something I've been loving, arugula or rocket, as they say, which is baby arugula. 
Yeah. A couple handful of that mixed into a salmon salad or a tuna salad, it actually holds up really well. And you know, get that little bitter. And you get a little bitter in there to cut it. Oh, it's so good. And you get some fiber mixed in on top of that yummy rye cracker. Oh, perfect snack farm. I love it. That sounds amazing. Now, we put this in the power of three category under three days because although you can just batch your protein tonight, it does take a minute, you know, with the shopping, the planning, and just looking at what night you might have more time to do another sheet pan and store it away. Or if you're like Carm and you want to turn that into uh, a salmon salad that same night, you just might need a little bit more time and space. So let's review what we've done for the power of three for this episode to restore your energy in three minutes, three hours, and three days. So three minutes, find a mantra that takes you three minutes. You can borrow ours. You can get present in your body, maybe before you sit down and eat, or maybe even before you cook and say, my peace is my power and take six deep breaths in and six deep breaths out and get present. Three hours. What can you do in three hours to restore your energy? Well, start working on balancing your blood sugar. Eat something every three to four hours, even if it's just five almonds. Like we can't stress the importance of that enough. It doesn't have to be a whole meal deal. It can just be five almonds. Fiber, fat, and protein are our favorite go-tos. And then three days. We said batch cooking, Batch up some chicken thighs or some salmon, turn it into another meal the next day, your lunch or a really high vibe snack like Carmen salmon salad on rye crackers. We're just so excited that you stuck around for this episode and that you are interested in accessing more energy in your life. Energy is not only related to the obvious subjects, like did I sleep enough? It's also related to some other more subtle things, ways that we show up in our partnerships, that we interact with the world, and also in our kitchen as we're planning our day. So I hope this was helpful. I hope you could relate to some of those and that you can see your experience a little bit differently because when we can see the leaks, then we can own them and we can patch them up or repair them and make sustainable shifts to move us forward and ultimately to a place where we feel energized, joyful, happy. That's our goal here at Radiant Knowing. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. We hope to see you next week. And if you know any moms or women in midlife that could use a little boost in energy, we would so appreciate if you would forward our podcast. Thanks so much. See you next time. Thank you for spending your precious time with us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of It Starts With Dinner podcast. Make sure you rate and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if your beautiful multitasking mom brain wants to revisit the conversation from today, head on over to radiantknowing.com forward slash podcast for show notes.